What's up, world? Uh, I just, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, you know, I, I don't know. They, 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 insert here. Yo. It's a terrible game. Bottom line. It's terrible in every way. Graphically, it's terrible. Gameplay is terrible. It's just terrible. Oh, angry Nick mad. That game sucked, and it's gonna suck no matter how many revisions they make, and it just sucked even more because they put a connect with it. Oh, angry Nick mad. Or if there's violence, I'll just laugh and enjoy the fun. Kaz Hazari. Hazari. Kaz Harai. 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 They just kind of got tired of Angry Nick on the first one and said, yeah, I'm gonna pass. Oh, yeah, so I do. It's me, precisely. No, no. no. I, I, per- I no. do all my work. No. No. Yeah, I'm you guys are so I don't- cute. Oh, thank you. I try. I mean, let's face it, Mario, and to a lesser extent, Zelda, is what carries Nintendo at this point. Always be radical. I love you, little podcast. You're the bestest thing ever. For the promise of the new Super Smash Brothers and the Zelda game, yes. Will not find a better story presented in any other game genre, in my personal opinion. Like, JRPGs have that. They have that story. That's what the entire game felt like. Oh my god, I want to bang my head into a wall. It's a podcast weekend. Can someone remind me? I thought it was a video game podcast. You're listening to the Game Source Podcast. And we are live once again. We're recording the NU Herald podcast number three. Also, it is from com, the world-famous Game Source podcast number 144 as well. A dual-serving podcast for you today. This is Gerald Glassford, and I'm here today with my good friend, the author of the, well, actually one of the best novels out there that you can get downloaded to your portable device, Vendetta Dark. It's Josh Peterson. How are you again, my friend? Hey, hey, I'm good, good. Thanks for having it's, me. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, it's uh, restarting. We had a little glitch to start off with the wonders of technology strike yet again. Uh, but we are back again, uh, talking uh, a number of things today. Uh, first off, uh, well, we're going to talk strictly about E3, the Entertainment Electronic Expo, coming soon this month, June, in fact, because we are now in June. Uh, it is the major central of, of thing of the gaming universe, as far as is concerned, for the entire year. Uh, I know Gamescom, I know PlayStation Experience, I know there are many other venues, CES, as far as it's concerned. But for the gaming world, it is still set, Tokyo Game Show, it is still centering, however, around E3 uh, that's coming very soon. And we've got some things that we want to talk about. First off, as far as your E3 uh, concerns are, are, are to talk about, let's talk about Nintendo. Nintendo is coming to E3 with a little bit of a lighter fare this year. Uh, no new handheld. The NX uh, is also not going to be uh, demonstrated or shown to the public at E3. The only thing that will really be shown by the company that has been announced of, of any major consequence uh, is the, the new upcoming open-world Zelda game, which the, only the Wii U version uh, will be shown. Uh, my question to you is, uh, with the, that kind of sparse offering, um, I'm sure there'll be other things that they will announce, smaller offerings that they will uh, present and have available to show. But um, with with the lack of of stuff that's coming 
to E3. Does this concern you at all for the future of the actual company at, at large? Although, they, like I said, they've got before they've got lots of money in the bank. Uh, they're not going anywhere anytime soon. But as a console company, uh, do you think it's sending the wrong message to not be have a bigger presence at the the largest gaming expo of the year? Yes and no, because like you said, they're you know they're not in danger of tanking or anything, but. With the new console coming out, you would expect them to show something, something to like, you know, give give gamers a little taste of what's what's coming. But um, you know, as for Zelda, I, I think yeah, everyone's excited about Zelda, but you know, people want to see something new. That, that's the big appeal about EP or E three is seeing things that you know we haven't seen before, original titles which Nintendo hasn't really offered us in a long time. So, you know, I, I think they. They could have handled their E3 situation a little better, or they could have finally announced a uh, console console version of Pokemon, which I think would have people excited, but I don't think we'll ever see that. Uh, I agree with you as well. If they do save it, they're going to save it for the NX, uh, and I think it's going to be part, maybe in part of their launch lineup next year as far as something that... that uh, can really be integrated into a, a new console type system uh, is is a more detailed version and a more elaborate version of, of the Pokemon experience. Indeed, I think that would be a killer way to start off a new console and, and a very smart way indeed as well. Um, my concern with, uh, you know, as far as E3 as well, um, is Sony and Microsoft, well, you know, though those companies as far as they're doing very well as far as the consoles casino is concerned, but both have rumored uh, new console entries of their own, new models, I should say, um, different versions. With uh, PlayStation, um, the rumored quote-unquote 4.5, which may be either a smaller version of the existing PlayStation 4, maybe a thinner version, or um, a version that will be have a little bit more horsepower under the hood and obviously provide, uh, since you know 4K is now... Now, a, a regular part of the vernacular, uh, 4K is, as far as it's concerned, capabilities. Um, and then also make it a little bit stronger under the hood for those interested in the PSVR experience. Uh, whereas Xbox One, Xbox One has talked about a smaller version. And boy, do they need a smaller version of the Xbox One because that, that, uh, that Xbox One is, you know, being that you and I are both owners does take up a, a lot of space. So having a smaller version of it is, is going to be handy. So what are your thoughts as far as the concern about both um, bringing out uh, possibly new amended models? And is this something that you or other gamers should be very interested in seeing? Um, it depends on what they have to offer. Because, I mean, like you said, we both own Xbox Ones, and... What really gets me with the Xbox One is the severe lack of memory that they have. If they had a console with a bigger hard drive or announced something that would make it so the games took up less space, that would be something I would be interested in. But if it's just like, you know, a little redesign, they made it a little flatter and stuff, it's not something I'm going to run out and spend my money on. I, I think a lot of gamers would agree with me on something like that. I think the... Uh, yeah, like the, the slim consoles are nice and all, but they're only nice if you don't own the console already. So, I mean, I'm I'm interested in that aspect, but it's not enough to make me want to go out and buy one. 
And I know with PS4 dominating the market currently, and if they projected, I believe, by the end of next year, uh, as possibly as much as 60 million consoles uh, sold through, um, as far as it's concerned, which is a staggering number indeed. Uh, whereas uh, Xbox One may may reach half that number by that period of time. Um, so the, the disparity is there, but both are still doing stronger than what the PS3 and 360 were doing at, at its relative nature. So I see still see a good outlook for both. Um, for Well, actually, for fans, as far as the gaming world is concerned, with all the publishers that are also going to uh, share their wares there, are there any, well, three games that you will be excited for, for seeing at the event that you know are coming to the event and and then possibly to, you know maybe a couple more that you would like to see that have not been announced oh wow um e, okay let, let me e3 is kind of it's kind of a tease for me because all the cool stuff that we saw last year we never we haven't it hasn't come out yet i haven't we haven't been able to play any of it so i'm looking forward to seeing borderlands 3 it's at the top of my list watchdogs 2 and I want to see more Final Fantasy. I know it's going to be a while before we can play, but just the fact that, you know, if they could just show us a trailer, some gameplay, so I know that it still exists and it's still coming, I will def- I would definitely be looking forward to that. Do you, um, so what aspect of it do you really want to see as far as it's concerned? Just more of the world, more of the combat, uh, more of the storytelling, or a combination of all three? I want to see a combination of all three. I want to like I want to see stuff that I haven't seen yet. So I mean, I know they were talking about how it's not fully uh, open world, but there is you can return to places you've been before. Uh, I want to know more about that. I want to know like you know I want like a solid. Do they? I I know they they had a release date right for next next year sometime, but I just I want to I want to know about that. I want to know about the new Final Fantasy VII, which I, I know they're saying might not come out for a while. So I want more news on that. So I know it hasn't been scrapped. You know, Square Square Onyx has a uh, they have a, a reputation when it comes to games about showing them and then us not seeing them for ten years. Well, I know with the Final Fantasy fifteen release date, it has uh, been confirmed as September thirtieth of this year. So it's as of now. As of now, it's uh, it's happening. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. Um, as far as the the uh, Final Fantasy VII remake, as far as that's concerned, I would probably say that's not going to be until next year at the earliest. I could be wrong. Um, but uh, it looked like it was still a ways off, even at the last PlayStation experience where it was shown off at, if my, my memory serves me correct. So uh, that being the case... Um, what, uh, is there two games that, that you think you would like to be announced? Maybe like a, that have not been announced that you would just like you know get out of your chair and just go yeah uh, if you heard they were announced. Oh, um, like I said, Borderlands Three. That's as you know, I love Borderlands, and that's a good that's a definite possibility, especially uh, after what has happened with Battleborn um, being uh, I don't want to say a massive failure, but being somewhere as far as not meeting expectations. Uh, and I think that part of that is due to bring out the same month as uh, Uncharted Overwatch. 4 and especially Overwatch. Overwatch uh, yeah. That's done a uh, similar type of game that has done tremendously well where where Battleborn uh, would have hoped to, to have gone with fans. So 
But I think Borderlands 3 is a definite possibility. But any others that you would like to see? Um, honestly, I know this is a, a might be a pipe dream, but I'm still hoping for a, a, a legitimate sequel to Alan Wake. I was a huge fan of that game. Just game just blew me away. I wasn't. I bought it not expecting anything from it, and it just it was amazing to me. Everything about it was awesome. So I, if you know that that would be that that would get me out of my seat if they announced both of those games. I would have something to look forward to. I agree with you as well on that. That would be an excellent choice. Um, I know, as I've said every year now for for quite a few years. Uh, if Left 4 Dead 3 was announced for me, but, you know, I don't even know if Valve has any interest anymore in making games, but if if Left 4 Dead 3 was announced, that would that would just make me uh, uh, giddy as a, as a, uh, as a, you know, just giddy, uh, just with, with the happiness and, and uh, glee as far as it's concerned, uh, because I love the first two as far as that concerned, as far as the experience and the uh, multiplayer um, experience for that. And but the games that, that have been announced, I'd like to see more of. Obviously, I've seen enough of No Man's Sky. I know it's been already delayed to August. I want to actually put my ha- uh, hands on the controller and play that game. Uh, so we will leave that to the side. But um, I know Mass Effect Andromeda is something I definitely will, am interested in. I know it's got a uh, it got pushed back to early next year, uh, first quarter next year, as far as the release date is concerned, or release window. Uh, but they said they will be showing some of you know some slight footage as far as it's concerned, or some playable footage. Hopefully, will be shown at the EA press conference. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, you know, there are other games. The Last Guardian. The Last Guardian is supposed to be. You know, I know it's been a joke amongst the industry for 10 years now, but it is coming close to reality. Uh, and I like to see where that goes. I know people have now played it and have now played it for for you know. Uh, extended period of time so it is the reality it is most likely and i can say that with some cut co- with a relative amount of confidence that that is most likely coming uh, out this year so I'm, I'm you know very interested to see what what has come out of you know this experience uh for sony and i'd like to see uh i know people talk about horizon uh zero dawn um as far as is concerned that hybrid game from the from the makers uh, of the uh, Gorilla Gorilla Games, as far as is concerned, um, those uh, type of experiences where you're you're you know, with the mechanized dinosaurs and whatnot, that type of experience uh, combining that could be uh, could be something very interesting indeed. But I'm just looking forward to the experience as a whole, seeing all the new announcements that are made. Um, you know, E3 still has a charm uh, all its own. Uh, that I think no other show can match, uh, and it, like I said, it's it's central to a lot of needs. I know uh, uh, Rob and and um, Douglas and and Nicole there from Retro City Games and and Rob McCallum are going to be heading down there to cover E3 to to be there for E3 to to shoot some stuff down there. So I wish them all the best. Um, you know our friends as they just successfully got box art the documentary. Uh, going and whatnot, so so we're looking forward to that. I know they're going to be shooting down there specifically for that project as well. I would imagine, uh, but I'm just so happy for for gamers as a whole because the E3 brings that amount of hope as far as uh, games that they had always wanted to see. Um, also, a new Elder Scrolls game just off the top of my head. I'm I'm 
I'm hoping that something will be introduced as far as it's concerned because I'm looking forward to that as well. Um, you know, uh, it's been five years now since Skyrim. Uh, I know Elder Scrolls Online has, has for some, uh, satiated their their thirst for the Elder Scrolls world, but for others it wasn't something of interest. So I'd like to see something done there because you know it alternates between Fallout and Elder Scrolls as their big two. I know Dishonored too is, is also they're trying to weigh Bethesda is trying to weigh in as that as a, a heavyweight game, but I'm not sure if that's going to fly as much as maybe a uh, uh, Elder Scrolls game can. But it, lo- oh, it looks like a, a decent show. I know there's some major names that maybe not are going to be representing themselves as much as they should. Uh, or will, um, but E3 is still uh, going to be very much a big convention indeed. So definitely looking forward to it, and we'll have all the news uh, of it on our Game Source Facebook site and Game Source Twitter uh, handle at Game Source, and then also Game Source on Facebook. So give us a like, and you'll be able to follow all the news when it comes right there. So uh, don't want to take too much of your time today, Josh, because I know you got things to do. You got uh, book signings still all around the world. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, but, yes. Uh, you know, we got lots of projects. I know that for sure uh, that are still that, that you do. But I know one thing that came up last week was of great uh, concern to many people, caused a great bit of controversy in a realm that's, that's well, actually very uh, – very accustomed to having controversy indeed. And that's the comic book world with the, with, well, actually last week came out the, the DC rebirth series. And, uh, you know, I, I'm sure a lot of fans were looking forward to that, but all it took was two words to derail DC's mo any momentum DC had as far as their rebirth series concerned. And it was hail Hydra. And it was under by none other than Steve Rogers himself. Because Steve Rogers, Captain America number one, was released last week with him, um, I guess, exposing himself as a lifetime Hydra agent, which, of course, is a big, big issue amongst many fans. Um, you know, especially, you know, it dates back to the actual authors themselves and their history and their lineage and what happened in their lives and how they, how they ended up creating um captain america in the first place but i want to hear your thoughts as our as our resident as our resident uh comic comic book expert uh tell me more about your thoughts on the captain america controversy with being a hydra agent um honestly i i know that marvel is hurting for some storylines and they have done some desperate things in the past the uh you know the ultimate universe had had its ups and downs but that was kind of proof of that but think about it. I mean, there, there's obviously something more to this than people are, are seeing right now. Yeah, he, you know, they, they had the Hail Hydra moment. But do you really think there, do you think that's it? Or do you think there's going to be more to it? I think there's going to be a twist here that nobody's really seeing, but it's going to blow our minds when we do see it. Well, they, I, I would normally say 100% yes. But the reason, what was he doing at the time he said? Uh, I believe he was uh, tossing somebody out of a plane. Is that correct? Yes. And it wasn't that person, uh, you know, someone, wasn't he a, a sh- agent? Of, was he an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. or what, what uh, organization was he with? He was certainly not with HYDRA. Yeah, he was, I, I, he was with S.H.I.E.L.D. But, see, that, that's, that's what gets me. I want to say, I don't think that they would purposely go out of their way to ruin one of their 
not not just one of their biggest names, but also like one of the greatest American fictional American heroes out there. I think there's a lot. There's something something more to this. I, I think they're gonna pull like a you know an Ocean's Eleven on us, and the ending's just gonna blow our minds. But we'll 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 see. I you know I, I wouldn't put it past Marvel to do something kind of ridiculous, like what uh, DC did with Superman and Injustice. You know, there, there's a lot of that going around right now. Well, as someone who uh, also as well appreciates uh, all the Oceans uh, movies, Oceans 12 being my favorite, um, uh, as far as it's concerned, I hope that that's the case. I hope it's an alternate universe or I hope he's just an undercover agent working for S.H.I.E.L.D. or something of that nature. Um, because like I said, even Captain America, uh, Chris Evans himself is not exactly in love with that decision because, uh, of the possible ramifications of it not being, um, taken well by a larger casual audience. Uh, and I don't see Chris Evans, uh, you know, saying those words as far as within the movie cinematic experience. Do you think it, it will translate over? Uh, if it does become a long storyline, do you think it's it would that you know because so many of the uh, storylines either have been worked into or have been blended into outright or in some form or fashion into the cinematic universe? Do you see this particular storyline being blended in as well? Oh, I hope not. That would be that'd be the worst decision that Marvel could ever make would be to because especially like. People would just be tired of it, and not because a lot of people who go see the Marvel films they don't read comic books. They, I mean, that's just if you look at a lot of like the hashtags going on, you know, online and stuff. Like, give like, I don't know if you noticed the one where uh, people were trying to say they wanted in the movies they wanted uh, Captain America and Bucky to start dating each other. Like, they don't. That's just proof they don't watch comic books and they have no. They don't care about the source material at all, but like yes, and they started a petition to to have that uh, become a reality. And I I understand that they have a deep uh, connection and a friendship and a relationship as far as that's that concerned. So uh, and uh, way Chris Evans' um, love life as far as it's concerned, the way he personifies he personifies it on film as far as the uh, the bashfulness he'll. He would rather fight uh, 1,000 Hydra agents than maybe ask a girl out on a date. I know that that seems to be the impetus I get when watching the films. I don't know how you feel about that, but uh, I can understand why people have tried to gravitate towards that that uh, possible scenario because of the fact that, that uh, Captain America has been so represented in the way he has in the cinematic universe. But your thoughts on that? I, I, I could go on about this, but like I know we've talked about this before, but... I don't think, honestly, it has nothing to do with homophobia or anything, but I would probably not go see another Marvel film because that would be taking the comic books and butchering them so bad that you just would not be able to repair it. And, you know, if they, if you want like a a huge superhero, that's gay, make, make a, a superhero, you know, don't, you don't have to like really do something that drastic, but you know, and that, I think that's the appeal of his character is that he's, He's shy. I mean, just because he's shy and he doesn't, you know, what it took him like four movies to finally kiss uh, Agent Carter's granddaughter. But that doesn't, you know, that doesn't necessarily mean he's gay. Society has created stereotypes. And I I think that, you know, we should stop living within those stereotypes. Well, I agree with you as far as it's concerned. If it's not out of it, if it doesn't come organically 
Uh, I, do, I would probably not like to see that either. But if it does or come out, you know, that it's orga something organic, ma organically made and well-constructed, you know, that, that, that's fine. I have no problems with that as well. I just want it to not be something that's forced in uh, that as far as it's concerned or done for, for uh, the wrong reasons uh, as, as far as it's concerned. Because, you know, you talk so much about the cinematic universe and how even with the storylines and, and realms that, uh, within the movies that that are are very different from the comic books, you have always noted that they've always made an effort to sprinkle in at least some of the elements that made the comic books so good. Um, and by if they went into a different realm, as far as that's concerned, then maybe that would be against what what their their past is all about. And as far as it's concerned, and I, the changes that are being made in far as the comic book and cinematic realm, I, I just I want to see them as far as more aligned with each other. I'm hopefully going forward uh, as someone who's who's newer to the Marvel scene, but that you know you, you obviously would have more right to say as far as is concerned on on what you would like to see as a fan because of your long standing history with them. But but going forward, uh, these scenarios. Do, do you think it's just because they wanted that, that they felt that that things needed to change as far as the concern that that is stale and then like you said there, there are there is a bigger picture in mind yeah i mean they wouldn't because that that is a really like left field thing to do with with a character like that i think there's there's something marvel has something big up their sleeve and they're uh, you know, they're moving towards it slowly. But, you know, if you think about it, each of these characters has had, what, almost a thousand issues each. So I, I, I can see why they would be running out of storylines. But, you know, at the same time, the Mar Marvel never does anything just for shock value. They, there's always a bigger plan. And Disney would have never okayed it um, unless it's something that, that they know is going to reach a good alternative for the fans, correct? Correct. It, it's all, there's... Yeah, it's all about marketing strategy. Yeah, there, there's 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 something going on here that we're not seeing, and I'm I mean I don't know about you, but I'm excited to see what's what's in the future. And I guess that's the ultimate goal is to be excited for the future, at least in the comic book realm, because people are still excited um, for the movie realm and cinematic realm because Cap Captain America is the largest uh, volume hit as far as it's concerned, the biggest box office hit at over 1.1 billion dollars. Um, as far as is concerned, and still going, uh, looking to get probably about a billion to maybe a billion two and a half before it's all said and done. So it's a win-win for Disney all the way. It keeps everybody talking, and it keeps them away from from the, the interest and public eye on on what uh, DC had 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 their hopefully had their sights on as far as gaining pump, public interest with the rebirth. And I, I can't see the timing as coincidental. I see the timing as strategic. And I still see the shots being taken between DC and Marvel, um, as I'm sure you've noted over the years. Um, is there there does that the long-standing rivalry, that Coke Pepsi rivalry rivalry between the DC and Marvel brands? Um, what do you see with all, especially with all the changes in light of the changes as far as from the film aspect? Because the there's been several changes made uh, as far as the hierarchy is concerned, as far, as far as the direction of the film franchises for DC, do you see them ever gaining, uh, enough momentum to be on par or get above, uh, the, the Marvel universe as far as from a cinematic realm? Um, 
To be completely honest, I not at the moment I don't. I know they, they were kind of off to a rough start. Batman vs. Superman was a I don't want to say disaster, but it's kind of disastrous. And, uh, you know, Suicide Squad uh, looks good. It, it could change direction there. But I feel like um, what Marvel has done correctly is they they don't they haven't taken things that have already been explored in movies before. What they're uh, I think that's what DC needs to do. They need to th- take storylines that people aren't very familiar with and turn them into movies. Like I hear the Ben Affleck's. Ben Affleck's Batman is going to feature the Red Hood, so that'll be interesting. But, um, you know, I think there there's a lot of holes there, and I think WB or you know Warner Brothers DC is more focused on money than they are about store you know stories and what people want to see. So I, I think they need to kind of uh, and Marvel is more focused on what people want and what what storylines are cool, what's popular. But I think uh, there's definitely a lot that they can learn that uh, DC can learn from Marvel's films. Uh, absolutely, I couldn't agree with you more on that. Um, I think uh, Marvel is, is right now head and shoulders above DC as far as where their direction is going. And like you, I don't see it changing anytime soon. Uh, well, that's going to do it for us on this episode. But before we go, Josh, I know you're working on a lot of things and have a lot of things out there that, you, uh, that you're working on. Um, tell us a little bit more about what's going on with Josh and, and, and all the different venues and how they can get a hold of you as far as if they have interest in, in some of your projects. Um, yeah, you guys can, like Gerald said earlier, I wrote a book called Vendetta Dark and I'm currently working on some short stories that tie into Vendetta Dark called Center Space. Uh, I have, I have a web show in development. We'll see if that ever sees the light of day, but I'm hoping to get it started soon. If you, you know, if you want to talk to me or you have some questions or suggestions about anything, you can get a hold of me on on Facebook. I have a fan page up and there's some, you know, email address and all that. So I would love to hear from you guys. And uh, as for us, it's uh, at GameSource on Twitter. Uh, also as well, uh, GameSource on Facebook. But as NU Herald students, just wanted to let you know, you can find us at the NU Herald dot com at the NU Herald on Facebook and well we're working on a Twitter page as far as it's concerned there is the NU Herald out there but we're trying to see if we can get control of that we can take that over and make it a little bit more active because the last time it was used was 2010 but we won't talk about that very much so we're yes so as soon as we get a hold of it we're gonna we're asking twitter to give us a hand on that we will be able to go ahead and be live on that as well but right now you can reach us the nu herald on facebook um the nu herald.com or our new email and it's going to be hopefully displayed on one of our podcasts here uh that's the nu herald experience at gmail.com if you want to get a hold of our editor-in-chief michelle uh michelle Levis. Or, or Josh, or me, or any one of the writers, just go to email us at thenuheraldexperience.com. But as I stated in a column that I, that I wrote last week on the NU Herald, uh, I'm, I'm asking NU Herald students, I'm asking NU Herald uh, individuals, alumni, staff, I need you to get involved with us. Uh, if you've got a podcast out there that you regularly do that you would like to be part Bring it on over. We'll go ahead and put that up and, and as another venue and another avenue for people can listen and see. Uh, if you've got articles that you would like to write, please uh, send it over. 
Um, you know, Michelle's always looking for great content. I know that is a concern. And if you if you need any help or assistance as far as getting something underway, whether it's a podcast, uh, whether it's a, a um, article, video, what have you, just give us a shout out. It's the NU Herald Experience dot, uh, at gmail.com. That's the NU Herald Experience at gmail.com. So, uh, um, and like I said, if you if you if you're watching this or listening to this on yourgamesource.com format, you know where to get all of us. Info at yourgamesource.com. So for uh, so for me, Gerald Glassford, uh, it's been a pleasure. Uh, always great to talk to you, Josh, my friend. I know you and I have got a busy, uh, busy uh, short period of time coming up ahead, so we've got a lot to do. But uh, catch us both. Uh, and then also, if you're Andrew Harold out there, give us a hand. We, we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to see what you got. Uh, but any last thoughts, Josh? Um, I think that covers it. Thanks, guys. I appreciate your time. And I appreciate it as well. So for Josh Peterson, the author of Vendetta Dark, this is Gerald Glassford uh, once again saying it's another beautiful day in paradise, and we hope you have yourselves a great day. Do you love games, breed games, and bleed games? Then this is the crew for you. If you are interested in editorial, podcasting, live events, and exclusive content, make sure to hit us up at info at yourgamesource.com and become part of a team that is dedicated to delivering all the greatest delays in gaming news and content all here at yourgamesource.com.